Live from Cerebral Sound Studios, this is Stay Busy Podcast with the third most handsome podcaster in the world, Armand Sadler. Sadler, vegan chorizo poppy, three mile Monday poppy, okay, playlist poppy, oh god, all that. Welcome to Stay Busy, where we have responsible discussions on the music business and music culture. How you feeling, Nick? Shoot, you know how I feel. I do what it does, baby. The boy yeah. is feeling good, and he says not to tell a soul. Don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. Shh. Shout out to anyone tuning in. Regardless of what time you're tuning in, what platform you're tuning in on, what kind of headphones you're using, what position you're laying in while you listen. Even what your credit's like. Yeah. If your credit <laughs> score is high or it's low, it's cool. You, you got enough to subscribe to Spotify, Apple Music, so we're glad you're here. Right. We're glad you're here. Shout out to Anchor, free distribution platform. If you are looking to pod and you don't have the equipment, you can literally do it from your phone. Record, edit, special effects, and distribute for the free and... You can even get some sponsored ads regardless of what your listenership is. So Anchor comes highly suggested. Mm -hmm. Major shout out to my boy Sazid with the photography. Sazid. Showing mad love, making me look handsome. Yes. Performing the magic. The flickery. And of course, good old Cerebral Sound Studio in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Hit them up. Book some time. Come record. They got an in-house engineer. They got drops ready for you if you ain't got your own. So, <laughs> hey, I mean, uh-huh. get with it or get lost. That's it. So we jump into it. Here we go. All right. Let's so let's come to the half and half. My man, what you drinking today, Armand? Uh, just black coffee. No no sugar today. I don't need it. I'm feeling, feeling pretty good, feeling pretty energized. So just straight black coffee. How about uh, you, bro? You know me. I got to sip. I have a little bit of a... Honey citrus tea here. He's getting um, bougier every week. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks in. Honey citrus. You got to have the honey and the right, citrus. Yeah. It just balances Balance. everything out. For yeah, sure, all right. Sure. But of course, our half and half for today, we're going to actually talk about an article from the spinoff, which is a publication. It's t- the, this article is by Russell Brown. It says, how music algorithms know your taste better than you do. Sounds oh. wild already. Right, right, right. I mean... I think like all of us listened to, or at least kind of listened to our uh, curated, our algorithmic curated playlist on Spotify and Apple Music. But what this uh, article basically goes about is talking about, um, just kind of goes into some technical weeds that I won't go through, talking about how AI gathers your data specifically for these uh, curation playlists, as well as 
how it holds your attention. Uh, it's kind of basing off from another article from by Gia Tolentino uh, from The New Yorker. It's talking about how TikTok holds your attention. And she actually kind of has her whole thesis about it is talking about how AI is a bossy waiter, quote mm. unquote, um, how some alg- social algorithms are like bossy waiters. They solicit your preferences and then recommend a menu. TikTok, for example, orders you dinner by watching you look at food, which is a interesting way to, to think about it. Yeah. But how that relates to music specifically is to how TikTok is a, a uh, an AI case study and for algorithms and how they're uh, gathering, curating people's playlists, or not their playlists, their um, feeds, curating their feeds based on their preferences of what they like, what they don't like, and so on and so forth. Right. Um, and how it's giving you know AI's time to shine in creating our preferences for specifically songs and how songs can pop through Algorithms uh, specifically mm-hmm. on TikTok, Old Town Road, little song you may have heard about it. Young Nas, Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X. Uh, yeah, that, it was the, that's literally the example uh, that they use. Um, but I want to ask a question about this. Do you think that um, AI curation will ever surpass human curation? Because as, as this article goes on, it starts to talk about how AI, because it has so much access to all the information that we're doing, what we're swiping on, what we're not swiping on, how many seconds we stay on a certain thing, mm-hmm. these all these sort of like, you know, minute different data points that they take and create an algorithm based on um, for us and how they cater towards us. Do you think that that sort of curation will ever surpass the human curation um, when people are making plays and things like that? I think it depends on the person. I mean, I don't know if you're ever going to go to a party, for example, that's, you know, they're just putting on exactly. an AI-curated right, playlist right, right. and letting it rock. You know, a right. DJ is going to still do his transitions and go go through the vibe. Now, for someone who's just a, a casual listener to music, just listening on their commute, who doesn't want to select every single song they're listening to and make their own playlist or put things in the queue, then for sure, so something like like a curated playlist would would benefit them. Um, so, I mean, I'd, I don't, I can't say if it'll necessarily ever surpass, you know, man-made, human-made, um, playlists or, Mm -hmm. you know, discovering music, but I think it's, 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 it's a huge convenience thing. Um, and, and it is really cool, like thinking about how just by listening to Spotify for a certain amount of time, Spotify can then tell you, oh, if you like this, you're probably going to like this. And if you like that, then you're definitely going to like this. And exactly. here, let's just give you all this. And then we're also going to remind you of the songs that you used to like. <laughs> right. And then like Spotify Wrapped, for example, the thing yes. they do at the end of every year where they tell you how many hours you listen to a certain mm-hmm. artist, who you listen to the most, that's fascinating. how many artists you oh. discovered in different countries. Like that's that's crazy. It's scary to know that they can figure out all, all this about you just you know by you listening because – it's nothing like you just think I'm just clicking this song, listening to it. I'm about to rap along to these lyrics, but they're doing a whole case study. <laughs> you are you. giving data points, yeah, wow. and figuring you out. So it's 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 scary. It's it's fascinating wow. and it's cool, but it's also like, hmm, what else do they know about me? Big Brother Spotify <laughs> is listening and watching. All right, yeah. yeah, that's some good half and half. I like that in my honey citrus tea, man. I got I got to get some honey citrus tea. <laughs> So who's your employee of the week, my brother? Man, employee of the week. This guy is very, very special to me. I look up to him a lot. Um, shout out to my guy, Derek, Derek Arrow. Ooh, yeah, Derek. Yeah. Yes, sir. If you do not know this man, he is an A&R at RCA Records. Very phenomenal label. Uh, he works alongside Gold Link, Young Nudie, Brockhampton. Mm. You might know these people. Don't tell me about I, I had the... <laughs> I had the very fortunate opportunity of being connected with him uh, through his significant other, Tori. Uh, she works at Def Jam. Phenomenal, phenomenal girl. Yeah. Shout out to Power Couple, man. You got Sheesh. 
One at Def Jam, one at RCA. Where like, am I at? Yeah, that's, <laughs> she's coming, bro. She's coming. But uh, yeah, major shout out to Derek. The RCA had an amazing year. Um, I especially enjoyed how they did those Wednesday drops, for example, for Gold Link's album, yeah. for Cousin Stiz's album. That was album. really cool. How do you feel about midweek releases? I, you know, the industry's moving towards different things. I, the, the rules are being rewritten as we literally yeah, live. There's basically no um, rules anymore. Right. So how do you feel about midweek? Midweek releases. It's cool because I think Fridays, especially as a journalist, can be very overwhelming. You're getting yeah. all these pitches, all these press releases, and then you have things that you want to listen to, and you just can't get to everything on much, Friday. Yeah, right? But on a Wednesday, by then you you'd have a few singles. So if you're if you're an independent artist who's not looking to chart, who's not looking to make Billboard charts, drop on a Tuesday, drop on a Wednesday, drop Facts. avoid Friday to be honest <laughs> at all costs because you know like it's just like you're gonna get caught up in the mix, uh, lost in the shuffle, and you know you. If you put that time into a project and it's something you really believe in, it's something you really want people to hear, why not, you know, isolate yourself and really make your your project a moment, you know, a Wednesday. We used to have Tuesday releases back in the day. Right. Um, and that, that was the way the industry moved, and it's moved towards Fridays now. But I think um, midweek releases, just for me, the listener, especially the Gold Link album, because I really like Gold Link. I was really looking forward to Man, that, that project. That was fire. And it... it, 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 it it held up and it's like I had two days with it before anything else dropped. And I don't, I don't remember anything else dropping that week that like really interested me. So I sat with the gold link album for a while. That's still one of my favorite projects this mm. year. I knew that was going to be a crazy project when we went to Twitter. Yeah, man. Uh, shout out Twitter, Blackbirds. Y'all be doing your thing. That's the employee research group at Twitter. Absolutely. The Black employee research group. Yeah. They, they had a gold link come out and do a show. When was that? That was a uh, February might have been March. I have no idea, February, but it was March. sometime this year, yeah, um, earlier this year, where we went to Twitter headquarters in NYC, and they had a little unplugged show, mm-hmm. uh, Gold Link, and he, I'd never seen him in that setting in that scenario where he had literally all live instrumentation. It was him, he had some background singers, two background singers. He had congas, he had percussion, he had uh, drums, and he had bass and keys, mm-hmm. and it was just fantastic. And those were the songs he did, he did songs that. Didn't make the cut. So right. how great those songs were, I was like, oh, no, exactly. no, no. I already know this project is about to be <laughs> exactly. stupid. Yeah, yeah. so Can shout out. Shout out to Derek. Shout yes, out to Golden. Shout out to RCA. Yes, sir. All right. That was our employee of the week, man. So now, moving into the slide deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best song was the single. But you weren't either. Yeah, yeah, sir. yeah. Yes, sir. Slide Frank. deck. Yeah. So, shout Nick. out, Frank. Yeah, shout out, Frank. Nick, what you add into the slide deck this week? Well, I like to slide. When I do slide, I don't always slide, but when I do, I like to slide with Van Jess. Van Jess. Um, this is Filters by Van Jess, produced by Dare House. All right, let's get it. Just know what everybody shows Filters on me, everybody knows Yeah, we so throat and everybody's gone Now the things you do, they won't get to you I be on my EIP Sit back with heavy lungs, I pray they say there's something wrong with me. They feel his home train, yeah. Everybody throwing back, moving fast. They can run a few laps, yeah. As a father, watch. 
Filters, man, they are lit. I mean, they that project does that's off the project, uh, Silk Canvas. Silk Canvas, uh, released in 2018 on July 27, 2018. It was actually self released, which is pretty dope. Um, but in uh, so for those who don't know about Van Jess, they are actually two sisters, Nigerian American sisters, um, Ivana and Jessica Wokike, my Igbo sisters. I'm not Igbo, but. You know, I'm just saying my Igbo sister. Shout out to him anyway. Because, yeah, we love them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyways, they actually, uh, come to find out, they are from a city that's not too far away from me. Uh, they um, were in Cerritos, California, and hanging out over there. Um, they actually signed a joint venture, uh, an RCA joint venture with uh, Keep Cool. So mm. they're, RCA is, yo. Liddy. <laughs> RCA, listen. Powerhouse. Y'all are eating yeah. in this R&B category. Yeah. Hungry, Eating, hungry, and famished, wow, gorging. Yeah. What other words we have? But all of the above. <laughs> they, y'all are y'all are really doing your thing. Um, so I love what was it about that song that uh, that that you really like? You know, it's funny. Uh, my job, we get luckily, I get Uber home because you know I work nights, I work crazy hours. Mm. Uh, they actually, I was just listening to them. I was like, you know, what's I was thinking about? What's a good? I know Van Jess has a crazy project. I had some other ones that I thought about. I was like, ah, those are probably popular. If you've heard of Van Jesse, you've probably heard these songs. Mm. So I really like searched their their uh, project, and that one just spoke to me. I was just mm. on the West Side Highway driving, <laughs> and then da, 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 everybody knows. Yeah, it's a very Nick song. Every, yeah, you know, yeah. If you know, if you know me, it's it's very me. And so um, I love the way they blend. Their vocal blend is really great. Uh, like you know. I like this idea of duos coming back together, like duos, groups, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, especially like in the R&B lane. Yeah. I love that coming back, you know, with Chloe and Halle. They're more pop, they, but they can do everything. They're, they're crazy singers, amazing singers. Sure. But you know, Chloe and Halle, um, Emotional Oranges, mm-hmm. Van Jess, mm-hmm. all these duos coming back. I really, really love that concept and that idea. So that's, what's, that's my slide for the week. Mm-hmm. Don't well, tell nobody. Don't tell a soul. My slide, what I'm adding to the slide deck, we got Nile by Beyonce and Kendrick Lamar. This is from the Lion King, the Gift album. Anyways, let's jump into it. This is Nile, uh, produced by Keanu Beats, Baby Keem, Soundwave, and Beyonce. One time I took a swim at the mountain. I swam the whole way and didn't turn around. And I swear, it made me relax when I came down. I felt liberated like free birds. I'm stimulated now. Blind in the way, less my body's on top. All of these turns might cost me my life right now. When danger finds me, it follows the times. Many miles ahead of me, still I'm in stride, she said. Hey, little buddy, where you going? I'm not sure, but I know I'm still motion. This ain't real, I see real. These streets may take me out to the ocean. Told myself if I dive in it without precaution, never life jacket. 
Then I'll dive in it till I'm exhausted and I'm type like Waistline on 4D, senses on 4D, feel like this for me One time I took a swim and then I One time I swam the whole way I didn't turn around Man I swear, I swear. it made me relax when I came down I felt liberated like free birds, I'm stimulated now Plunging away lest my body's on top Stimulated all of these currents might cost me my life right now. Right now. What danger finds me and follows with tides. Many miles ahead of me still I'm straight. That's some good. Got the now running through my body. Look at my natural, I'm so exotic. Talk out the berries, sweet as the fruits. Deep are the wounded, deep are the roots. Nubian and Dustin Brown, I'm lounging in it. I'm sending you, I said I'm drowning in it. I'm in the now, deep in the now. I'm in the now, deep in the now. That's good. Once again, that was Nile, Beyonce, Kendrick Lamar, produced by Keanu Beats, Baby Keem, Soundwave, and Beyonce. Baby Keem. Yo, Keem. Baby Keem. It's coming up. I was just talking to G about Baby Keem. Shout out Jesus.thesis. Yeah, the boy. Yeah, wow. Boy. We were just talking about Baby Keem. Baby Keem is doing his thing. Whoa. He's and he's like mad thing. young, right? He's like Very 18 young. or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. As for this song, man, there's so many things I can say Ooh. about it. Like, I remember it was uh, back in like October 2018, I wrote an article about the art of the incomplete song mm-hmm. and the various reasons why artists make incomplete songs. And there's no ultimate judge of what an incomplete right, song right, right. is. But a song like this, that song is one minute, 48 seconds. Right. And it's there's like so many layers to it. And you listen and, and they lull you in with it. Just it's like sonically, it's very open. It's sonically lush. Yeah. There's no like, distraction. You know, with you the got B and yeah. Kendrick singing together. And then you got Beyonce by herself, really breathy vocals. And you have Kendrick, Kendrick just with this very unique oh, voice. Like Kendrick I, gets to being Kendrick. I, you I know don't how have that goes. a word to describe that that voice he uses when he sings in that way. But I it's think like, it's a character. I think it's an alter ego. Like, mm. I don't think that he's meaning for it to be an artery girl. Like, I think when he gets in that mode that, I never, never, Like, it's very, like, I don't know. It's just, like, a character. I think one of his many characters that he gets into. But that one specifically is, like, we see that one a lot. Mm-hmm. But I love when he gets into that zone. Because he's in that zone. He's saying something very important. For sure. Or he's giving you, like, something very poetic and something that you can unravel and sit and unwrap for like a while mm. um, but I love I love when he gets into that character yeah, Kendrick being Kendrick you know and it feels like he didn't even cook on this song like like he could have like he he just yeah I got see, you I got you B I'll give see, you some but see that song just needs a light simmer you know what I'm right. saying like you put the heat on like four three you know what I'm saying just let it simmer let mm-hmm. it you know what I'm yeah. saying? You gotta have no grease popping at you, but right. it was yeah. it was just simmering. I loved it. Yeah, and then Beyonce kicking up at the end for those last like 20, 20, 30 seconds. I, I love that. I, I love when she gets into that that like bouncy the kind of rap yeah. type bag. Like she's been doing cool that a lot lately. It's cool, a lot. I mean, yeah, instead I mean, of leveling up, trying different stuff. I love that. Continuing to evolve. She stays That's, current so well. Yeah, so yeah. well. Yeah, man. It's all about those those good transitions into every era, and she's she's done that. So shout out to that. Um, you know, and it's cool for Nick and I to listen to these songs and to discuss them together, but you guys should get a chance to hear them too. So we do have the Stay Busy Slide Deck uh, playlist, which will be available on all platforms for you all. You can mm-hmm. find it on the social media. Um, tap in. Let us know what songs you like. You may also submit us songs. Um, if, if we mess with them, we'll, we'll play them. You will get shouted out. Might even get you a Stay Busy laptop sticker. You will. Uh-huh. So, yeah, You're tap welcome. in. Stay Busy Slide Deck for y'all. You're welcome. 
But uh, make sure you give us some slides. You know what I'm saying? Like, For sure. Make sure you give us some slides. It's gonna be a deep cut. It's gotta be a slide. Engage. Uh huh. Get involved. Yeah. But don't tell nobody. Yes, sir. So, man, you ready for the board meeting this week? I am good, sir. Today's topic. Today we're going to get into music discourse, which is a very, very broad thing. Some hot takes. Um, who can discuss music, qualifications for that. We're going to talk about how social media has impacted music. And then Mm. we're also going to discuss objectivity and if it exists within music. So I think this is going to be a pretty, pretty um, layered conversation. So I want to ask you, who is allowed to discuss music? Oh, man. I think everybody is allowed to discuss music. That's my personal opinion. Um, I think... The level of the conversation always depends on, like, how you view the person's, like, respect. So when we talk about music, when we get into a debate of, like, you know, we don't really talk about top five, who's your top five, this, because those, those conversations are purely subjective. But when we talk about, like, you know, what has B been doing in, in the last few bit of her, you know, last few years of her career? What mm-hmm. has she been doing and how do we see her affecting the culture? I love those sort of conversations. And I feel that often... The people that, when, when those conversations happen, either at parties, kickback, wherever, when I'm talking to people, I think the people that I often respect are people who come with full perspectives, meaning full perspectives mean that they have they have support, they have data to their points. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Data to their points. They have evidence for their points. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> they have evidence for all the points that they, they bring up. So they don't just bring out these half-cock theories of why they think, you know, things that are just purely subjective, uh, subjectivity. I think like when people bring some articles or bring like a, a point or let's say like, oh, you, you know, when this album came out and she wasn't doing this and kind of like give me a story, um, give me a chronology of, of what's going on. So yeah. I think that anyone can talk about it, but I often feel like I dismiss people when they just sounds like they're just purely coming from all opinion. Right. Um, without, and you know, some people can make good points off the strength of their opinion, mm-hmm. but I really kind of like respect when people bring some sort of objectivity, I guess, if you will. I'm doing air quotes for those who can't <laughs> see me right now. But bring some sort of facts into a discussion that's purely opinion-based. Yeah. There, there are definitely levels uh, to the types of conversations. I mean, I, you know, the casual listeners, they, they might just stop at, oh, I like this or I dislike this. This is trash. Um, this should have been this. I, I like this better back in the day. This artist made better music, you know, back then. Yeah. Um, and then there, you know, Kind of people who are more experienced, more well, uh, more well versed. I don't know if that's proper grammar, and they'll more get well-versed. into the the production. They'll get into the songwriting. They'll get into the mixing. They'll get into the right. engineering. And then the people who understand the business side, it's like, well, why did he pick that single? Well, that that single featured that person. So, you right. know, like, there there are layers, levels, and I think sometimes through social media, through just people being passionate about what they believe in, the the lines can blur. Of course. The lines can definitely blur. So I think social media has both helped and hurt music consumption. Uh, Some of the ways that it's helped music consumption is the accessibility. Um, You know, artists are now posting their links uh, on on their Twitter page. Of course. You can click a link and get directed right to a song you want to listen to, go get get directed right to a video you want to watch. Promotion, you know, uh, artists are able to post their cover art on Instagram. Artists with millions of followers on Instagram run up their likes immediately. They can use a story. They can use the the, the swipe up link in their stories that I'm working towards getting. Um, (laughs) (laughs) One day, one day. 
And then just general engagement, you know, people would go to meet and greets and they would go to shows and try to get autographs. And now you can literally tweet at artists and artists will like your tweets, retweet you. They might right. come at you if you're talking crazy. They, they might engage with you if, if you have good things to say. So, right, right. Um, it's, it's just kind of made us, it, it's, it's given us more access. It's made us closer to the artists. Um, but I think I, I, I can personally point to some ways that it's, that it's hurt uh, music and music consumption more. Right. Um, just the, the general overwhelming amount of opinions that are flying around regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if you're an artist who's a sensitive person and you're keyword searching your name and you just put out a song that people didn't like or you just did something crazy in the media, it's there's a high chance that keyword searching your name, you're gonna see a lot of slanderous things towards yourself. And if you're if you're sensitive, if you you know can't keep social media in perspective, that might be something that really really bothers you. Um, popularity founded upon spreading negative opinions and takes, you know, people love to be critics. Some people take it a little further and they're Mm -hmm. trolls. Um, some people just make things up with no foundation. Uh, so that's that and false narratives, uh, really play into it. And, you know, something will happen and someone will be like, oh, well, I think it's, it's because of this. And it's like, oh, you think that, but do you know that, you know, what's, what's, what's the basis for it? And groupthink, you know, if if there's a if a person has has a verified check on their Twitter profile and there's a tweet that has a thousand likes and a thousand retweets, people are more likely to think, oh, this could be true or this is something that's that's agreeable. And in the interest of not being in the minority, unless you're a contrarian or you like to be the outlier, you know, people might go with someone who's spreading something that's completely false or disgusting or irresponsible mm-hmm. just because they, they have that that clout with them. Exactly. Um, and I think the last thing is popularity over talent. We see artists being crazy on Instagram. Takashi 69 mm-hmm. is a big example. Oh, he, he got popping for his antics. Ugh. He put out songs that people liked. He had billboard hits, but primarily he was known for being a clown. Yes. And, literally, you know, like clownery sells these days. <laughs> the reality is if you're in the headlines every day, whether it's positive or negative, all you got to do is promote a song, make a shirt. Any you know. publicity is good publicity. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think social media is, is definitely a good tool for for pushing music and for creating the conversation. But it you know it falls on people recognizing that you know certain conversations might not necessarily be for them. Or if you are going to engage in those conversations, come ready to learn. Come ready to humble yourself and not just stand on the things that you believe and, you know, engaging in confirmation bias or things like that. Well, what are your feelings on, you know, social media and how it plays into music? I, I see how social media plays a huge role. When we say from like the marketing standpoint and from the, just the accessibility standpoint, it's really important. But yeah, I think that social media people, a lot of people, unfortunately in all forms of life go based off what they hear and what they see. Right. So they see an opinion about, oh, this album was trash. You know what I'm saying? Oh, this album was trash. They hear two people say it, and it's already, you know, people confirming their head that, oh, it's going to be trash. They go in already jaded. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people don't have the differentiation or the ability to differentiate when, like, you know, just think for themselves, I think, mm-hmm. in general. Like, a lot of people don't think for themselves, and I see how social media can influence that. Um, what's an example of a project? I'm trying to think of a project that, I personally liked and didn't like. Someone didn't like. What's a good example of like something that you've been listening? What you been listening to? Uh, what have I been listening to lately? I've been. I would say Chicks Tape. Uh, I listened to the Fab album. 
uh, St. John's album. Uh, I played him as a deep cut last episode. He's I really like that album. Um, I've been I've been listening to a lot of things this year. I mean, I I've I've moved out of that phase where I'm listening to just my favorites, and I'm really trying to give everything a fair listen. Um, really liked the Wale album from a couple months ago. Earth Gang's album, Snow Allegro. I can I, I, I can rattle off names for. Days. I have a great example that I went into. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm gonna be very careful how I say this, sure, <laughs> because I know they will come for me if I do it in the incorrect, irresponsible way. But that's not the stay busy way. Um, boom. Yeah, Summer Walker's project. Mm. <laughs> I how do I describe this? I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. However, However, I will say, well, let me preface. Let me preface. I think she has talent. She's has an ability to sing. I think she plays instruments, which is really cool. I like her sound. I understand why people relate to her. Mm-hmm. However, I personally feel like this project I wanted a little bit more after a while. Mm. I think a lot of, as I went through, and I gave it an open, listen, you know, I had hear, I had heard everything from social media, mostly, oh my God, Summer Walker, oh my God, oh my God, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like people are really liking it and vibing with it. And I had heard, uh, was that song Graves or something? Something is there, I don't know what that song. What's the that one song? with um, Bryce Tiller? I think so. Playing it, Games. Uh, playing Games was one of her singles. And then she had Stretch You Out with A Boogie. Um, girls need love. Grave, no, it's called Grave. Oh, Grave. Okay. Yeah, that song. When I heard it, I was like, "Who's this?" And people were like, "Oh, Summer Walker." I was like, "Oh, mm. so dude, this girl got that in her bag too." Right. So like, I really like that song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to it. You know, shout out to London on the track. He did most of that project. Great production. Um, I really enjoyed it. For me, after a while, just like maybe because I'm maybe I didn't understand her character as she was speaking through her story I mm. I thought it was a great project but I after a while I was just like dang this is, this is kind of sounding the same mm. and I think that was an instance where I was able to kind of differentiate and think for myself also based on like what social media was saying because everyone was just like shoot she's valid she's valid I'm like yeah I believe mm. that but I still got to listen for myself and, right. and create my own opinion you know create my own opinion but I created my own opinion from like listening I wasn't just gonna write it off you mm. know what I'm saying um now, upon listening to it, you know, feeling that it was good but not as amazing as everyone else, you know, was saying it was, did you feel the need to, like, come out and disagree with people? Like, oh, no, nah, it's, it's, it's not that great. Like, no, no. stop talking about it. You know what I'm not, saying? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know me. Well, for the, yeah, you know me. Like, I will say something if I need to say something. Right. But that wasn't something where I needed to hate because I, I recognized that the project was good. I enjoyed mm-hmm. the project. I didn't, from a, I guess, from a musical standpoint and from – uh, the songwriting was good. I, mm-hmm. I think the pen was really good on that project. Sure. I think after a while, it just sounded sonically the same. It just mm-hmm. sounded too similar to me. Um, and I wanted to, to change a little bit. I wanted to hear different pockets from her. But I think she, I think she really did. That was a good first project. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So, But yeah, talking about social media and how that if, um, how it can affect people's opinions, mm-hmm. I try to not let it do it so for me, but I know that that can be a slippery slope. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of slippery slopes, mm. do you think that objectivity exists in music or that you can be objective, that there are certain objective facts when discussing music, particularly related to, like, talent or somebody's ability? Can someone be objectively good? That's tough. So I, I came into this saying that, um, no, there's, there is no objectivity in music. Everything is up to people's perceptions. You know, mm-hmm. if 
regardless of whether someone can play piano, do they, does it sound good when they do it? Now, upon learning the definitions of these words, like really, really reading into them, analyzing them, and then connecting it, and I think it's important that we do define them. I'm about to say, give them um, definitions for the people. So objectivity is the quality of being objective, LOL. <laughs> and <laughs> the definition of objective is not influenced by personal feelings or opinions in considering and representing facts. Right. Definition of talent is natural aptitude or skill, right. and I felt it was important to define aptitude. Aptitude is a natural ability to do something. Right. So with all of these definitions in mind, if you literally read the, read the words and go by what the definitions are, there can be obje- objectivity in music. Someone can be talented, and that's something that can be recognized. And even if, you know sonically you might not like what they make the fact that someone is capable of playing the piano Mm -hmm. playing guitar mixing mastering producing you know like that that's a talent talent. in and of itself that's talent now the the gravity the weight the extent of that talent is that's where it becomes subjective yes you know because you you can go to a piano in New York, sit down and play and have a crowd around you and like mm-hmm. everyone can mess with it and then one person comes like, oh, no, that's not good. And just because that one person says that doesn't mean it's, doesn't it's take, not good. Right. You know, like people are going to perceive things differently. How about you? But does that make it objectively good even if one person doesn't? Because no. isn't objectivity, do you, would you say objectivity is something that no one can dispute or deny? Mm. Because people can try to deny it. Um, but if if you're if you're literally capable of baking a cake, then like that's a talent. Whether the cake is good to one person or bad to another person, if you right. can do it, you can you're objectively talented right. at at baking cakes. Right. I think it becomes you know like artist subjective and everything. Um, but I feel like there are certain individuals, regardless of genre, regardless of anything, is like where you can recognize the talent. Like mm-hmm. you can acknowledge their talent. Right. Like for example. I don't listen to a lot of country. I like some country stuff, mm-hmm. um, but I recognize their ability as as a genre, pretty much as a community, to write songs, right. to tell stories. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of. There's some of the few musicians, you know. I'm like they they are musicians, right? And of course, there's musicians in every genre. But they they are musicians. They play. They practice stuff on playing instruments, and like you know, they still use bands. A lot of still use bands on their records and stuff right. like that. Um, and I think it's like even if you don't like the music, you can recognize the talent of the of the quality of something. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't listen to it in your own time, you can say, "Yeah, that person, Willie Nelson, is a great singer, or he's a good songwriter, or whoever you want to put in that insert name there." Um, but I think that also kind of creates a slippery slope. Was like denying the talent because anyone can say like you know like a six nine is talented, mm-hmm. which I agree with. I do agree he is talented. And you can say, like, Nas is talented, mm-hmm. right? But then I think that further splitting the hair there becomes a conversation between craft versus talent. Right. And I think that when people, I think what allows you to differentiate between, like, you can say that 6 9 and Nas are both talented, but mm-hmm. I think what happens is that not everyone has mastered the craft. Right. And I think that's what creates two conversations and pits people, not people, Pits them against each other, but puts them in different lanes, right? Sure. So Six Nine is great at picking beats. Mm-hmm. He picks great beats. He knows how to find his rhythm pockets. He'd be on beat, mm-hmm. and he's found his style. Mm-hmm. He's he does what is close to his aptitude, his Brings natural energy, to ability them. to do something, his natural ability to bring the energy, his natural ability to pick these beats, be on rhythm, find his pockets that he finds, right? Mm-hmm. Nas has that certain natural aptitude to 
you know, pick great beats, mm-hmm. to be a wordsmith. Mm-hmm. These these examples of you know true master. He's crafted masterpieces in his mm-hmm. career. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Illmatic being one of them. Yeah. Make extended metaphors throughout a song. Exactly. Like but I think the difference why I don't think people would say or why people say Six Nine is not talented or that he can't be good is that you have someone like Nas who has mastered the craft and the craft being. They've put in the time and the effort related to, like, they are wordsmith. They got wordplay. They have all the different qualities that someone would deem good, right? There's a certain standard that they have hit mm-hmm. over time. And you put other people in that conversation, like the Kendricks, the the Coles, the Drakes, the these people who have the M&Ms, you know what I'm saying, who you can acknowledge their talent, but also acknowledge that they are crafts. Mm-hmm. They, they're craftspeople. They have the craft master, too. And I think that's what, for me, separates those people and kind of further divides the line. It's that, like, everyone is talented in a certain way, mm-hmm. a lot of, especially the, off the artists that we hear now, right? Their talent may not be something that we like or we enjoy, but I think at the end of the day, you can't deny someone's talent, but you can deny their level of the craft, of, of mm-hmm. the attention that they put towards the craft. That's the way I define it. I don't know if that's too abstract or anything like that, but that makes sense to me. I, I think I think an unfortunate reality is that a lot of people want to deny someone's talent because of how they feel about them as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, these days, you know, uh, like I said earlier, popularity is kind of weighed a lot more heavily than talent is. So if people like your persona, if they like what you're tweeting, if they like the videos you're posting, you know, they're going to be more inclined to listen to your music and. Eat, even if they might not like it necessarily, that they still might, you know, promote it and push it like you're one of the best artists ever because they 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 mess with your 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 persona. Um, so yeah, I th- I, th- I think it's it's interesting these days gauging talent just because it's not just about the music anymore. Yeah. Um, for some people, it's not about their music at all. Some people just happen to be a public figure doing something, and they're like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm, I'm going to pivot to music. Why not? And right. then you know they might become larger than life, or they might completely flop, but. You know, people are getting um, kind of pushed into these these prominent positions just because of their 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 likability, um, and so that's why you know in in certain conversations, I always try to bring it back to the music. You know, um, people will talk about you know Chance and and how he's corny. You know, I hate that. I hate that because he's he's a god fearing guy with with a wife and and you know kids, and it's like right. all right, like. But well, what about the music? Like, I'm I'm here to talk about the music, right? And e- even if his last album, The Big Day, wasn't the best thing, like, I th- I just think a lot of people kind of wrote that off just because Chance went from this person who everyone loved in 2016, right? Like Coloring Book time, like he was on top. Everybody was on the Chance wave, and then over time, it's just like, nah, he's corny. Like the same thing we loved him for, we we, we don't mess with him for. So yeah, it's um. I can tell you, being being a journalist in this era, seeing the hot takes that fly around, seeing the way people just get off on trashing things, it's uh, yeah, it's it's wild, it's wild. Yeah, well, so anyway, y'all, that's gonna, I think that's our board meeting for today. So we want to hear y'all thoughts on our question. So, do you think that there is any objectivity in music? Let us know on IG and Twitter at. Stay busy, pod. Let us know. We're going to tweet that out too and talk about it. But we want to further this discussion for this week, yes. especially with Christmas coming up. I know y'all about to have some debates over uh-huh. your plates. Oh, also, y'all don't be posting. Don't be posting no crazy plates. I want to see some good <laughs> plates. 
look, look. If if it don't look good to you, it's probably not gonna look good to us. So you know, it's a fact. You'll be chosen. Put it back in the oven for a little bit. It's okay. A little um, burn never hurt nobody. We'll be on your plate. Um, what's gonna be on your plate for this? Uh, for Christmas, I don't know, man. It's we, criminal. we usually don't cook too crazy. Um, I know I'm going somewhere for Christmas Eve, so I'm, I'm gonna get my eating in then. Maybe just chill for Christmas. Maybe maybe I'll cook for myself. I'll, okay. We'll see. I'm gonna figure it out. That's fine. Let's get into this bulletin board, though. Heard you. Twelve twenty six, December twenty six. Dave East will be performing at the PlayStation Theater. Uh, shout out Dave, New York City rapper, obviously. So tap in, get your tickets. Um, once again, December 28th, the Imaginary Pop-Up Party. Shout out to our boys, the Imaginary Players Podcast. Open bar, drink specials, exclusive merchandise. Get your tickets. Very, very limited. So tap in. That's it. All right, y'all. I'm on. I'm good. I ain't got anything. Cool. All, all right, right, y'all. So if that's all, then thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Stay Busy. And as always, stay safe. Stay humble, stay busy. Happy holidays to you and yours.